0: We're thankful to God to be here this year for what I believe is a quality lectureship. I've always said it's perhaps the best lectureship that we have. And I want to thank uh, Dr. Wright for uh, the invitation to be a participant. Appreciate the work that he has done in our brotherhood. Appreciate, uh, this great week of preaching and lectures. And I, I believe we're going to leave here better for having come. I kept looking at my program book because it sure sounds like Brother Kinson was preaching my sermon. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate his message uh, on this afternoon. There are a number of people here I just saw. Just saw my baby brother come in. He lives here in Atlanta. and uh, Good to have Will here. And then there are two sisters from uh, the East End Church uh, who are here. And uh, I'm not going to ask everybody to stand because i only got 20
1: minutes.
0: (laughs) And uh, I don't know if the moderator is giving grace for preliminaries. But it's good to have uh, Sister Jones and Sister Noel here. And then I will ask my wife to stand. She's here and uh, because I have to drive back home and I'll show no (laughs) no problems in the car. (laughs) If you don't mind standing, I want to read one verse. Uh, from Philippians chapter 3 and the verse is number 1 Finally, my brethren rejoice in the Lord to write the same things again is no trouble to me and it is a safeguard for you. And all God's people said Amen. You you may be seated. Oh give thanks unto the Lord for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemer of the Lord say so. The NIV says, Further, my brothers and sisters. The ESV says it's safe for you instead of safeguard. Yes, then the New King James Version for, for grievous uses the word tedious. All
1: right. mm-hmm.
0: And then another word for safeguard is protection.
1: Well, uh,
0: there are events in our lives or dates that, that stand out and will be part of us until the Lord calls us home. There are dates or events that are etched in our memory banks where you remember where you were when certain things happen in your life. And it's funny how you can be on the mountaintop of ecstasy and then in the same day be in the valley of depression certain dates and events 15 years ago September 11th I remember where I was when I heard the news about planes colliding in the World Trade Center I was home on my way to the church office and could not leave the house when I saw the devastating news of one plane and then two planes crashing into the World Trade Center. And that triggered an emotion. There's another date, September the 1st, 1963. It may not mean anything to you. But it means a lot to me because that's the day I obeyed the gospel. That's the day I gave my life to the
1: Lord.
0: That's the day that God saved me. And I grew up having joy in the church. I had joy going to vacation Bible school. Joy going to gospel meetings, joy in church functions, joy in three o'clock fellowships, when brothers and sisters would come from neighboring congregations in the city and outside the city. I, I had joy as a child coming home and playing church. I I would be the preacher, my sister would be the song leader. And I would preach and she would be in the amen corner. I I, I had joy. Uh, But I've seen a lot since God saved me in 1963. Uh, Don't we need joy in our brotherhood? Don't we need joy in politics? Don't we need joy in our families? Joy on the job, joy in our marriages, and joy in the church. I've seen a lot since 1963 in the lost church. And there is a dangerous shift taking place in the church. Ah, y'all may not say amen after this, but we are, there's a dangerous shift. We have traditional worship and contemporary worship. We argue, can I clap or should I be still in worship? The music in the church has changed. And we have music, it's a cappella music. But the music in the church has changed. We have gone from the sacred to the secular. As some of our songs sound just like rhythm and blues songs, we just change the lyric and put Jesus in every other
1: verse.
0: Uh, There's a dangerous shift taking place. Religious nicknames and tags used by our religious neighbors are now being worn by us. And we're not wearing them in jest. We're not teasing when we use these names. I, I said there's a dangerous shift taking place. We have praise police when we ought to be giving praise reports. Some of us are too holy to holler, too sophisticated to say Amen. Too archaic to claim redemption. Too theological to discuss justification. Some of us feel it's too denominational to study sanctification. Or it's boring to talk about glorification. But I came to say this afternoon, I am saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. And when I say I am saved, that, that means God justified me. When I say I am being saved, God is sanctifying me. And when I say I will be saved, God will glorify me. And we spend all the time talking about this and talking about that. And we, how, how much time do we talk about being adopted by God? being redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And this dangerous shift that's taking place in the church is taking place because we're not spending enough time talking about what really matters. I came to say, I I, I have been saved. I am being saved. And I will be saved. Our focus ought to be joy... In our salvation, in in this one verse, I see Paul talking about a condition of joy, a position of joy, and then a disposition of joy. Being biblical students of the word and trying to expositor, expositate the text, Acts 16 Gives us the history of the church at Philippi. Paul was on his second missionary journey. He and Barnabas had split. Barnabas took John Mark and Paul took Silas. And then Paul received a vision from a man from Macedonia. And that man said, come over and help us. I came to say, ain't nothing wrong with asking for help every now and then. Come over and help us. To make a long story short, Paul and Silas traveled to Philippi. They could not find a synagogue because in biblical times you had to have at least ten men to, have to form a synagogue. And there were not ten men in Philippi. So they went by the riverside on the Sabbath day. Found a woman by the name of Lydia. A cell of purple. God opened her heart. She obeyed the gospel. That was the beginning of the church at Philippi. And later we find Paul and Silas in jail. And at midnight, an earthquake shakes open the prison doors. And the Philippian jailer is about to kill himself. Paul says, sir, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And the jailer ends up saying, what must I do to be saved? in this in this passage this one verse i see a condition and i simply want to say we need to have comfort doing difficult circumstances when paul says finally my brethren paul is not saying this is the end of the letter He's not concluding uh, the book uh, of Philippians because he has another finally in chapter 4. Uh, th- th- this verse is somewhat of an enigma. It- it's difficult. Well, why does Paul all of a sudden change shift uh, shift gears and say, finally, my brother? What Paul means is ask for the rest or furthermore. Or based on what I previously said, I want to say this. In chapter 2, beginning with verse 19 through, two, through 30, the uh, end of that chapter, Paul talks about two preachers. One by the name of Timothy and the other by the name of Epaphroditus. And I came to say this afternoon, there's joy when preachers work together. I know you're right. Y'all going to help me here? When Paul begins this thought in chapter 3, verse 1, he's concluding the thought of Timothy. And he says, of Timothy, I have no man like-minded. Timothy and I are of kindred spirit. Timothy is not a selfish preacher. Timothy is not a self-promoting preacher. Timothy has the interest of Christ before his own interest. And Paul said, I can't say that about everybody, but I can say it about Timothy. Y'all going to help me here? And what he says about Timothy is he has a genuine interest in the Lord. He seeks the things of Christ rather than himself. And he is committed to Paul. But then he talks about Epaphroditus. And he said, the Dadis is is my brother. He's a brother. And I came to say this afternoon, it does not matter where you worship. It does not matter what state you're in. If you are a member of the Church of Christ, we family. Y'all going to help me with this? You may be cross town, you may be cross state, but what happens there ought to bother you here. What happens here ought to bother you there. We are family. And there's something I learned about family. Uh, what what happens in the house ought to stay in the house. I, I, I'm the big brother. I, I'm the oldest of four. I, I, and when, when when my sister, why under me was coming. If somebody bothered my sister, she could come and tell her big brother. I I think we ought to have one another's back
1: instead of sticking a knife. I I, I don't have too much help here. I see.
0: I I, 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 I see I don't have too much help.
1: But he's my brother.
0: Which means we are partners in this ministry of saving souls. He's a fellow worker, which means partnership by vocation. He's a fellow soldier. He's a partner using military terms. I think it's good that we're going to have joy in salvation. Preachers have to work together and not work on each other.
1: You're right about it. it. I, I,
0: I, I hope it's different where you are. But, but we can't be worried about what somebody's doing over yonder and, and trying to steal his church or anything like that. Do your job and God will bless you. And then 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 I see I see where Paul says, celebrate your spiritual position. He says, finally, my brother, rejoice in the Lord. The joy in Philippians is a present and future joy. Paul is talking about something that they should experience right now and something they could experience in the future. Watch this. Watch the text. Paul did not say be happy in the Lord, but he said rejoice in the Lord. Now now you may not see much difference between happiness and joy, But happiness comes from the Latin word fortuna and is closely related to chance. Happiness is like this. If things happen to work out in a way that you like, you're happy. If it does not happen the way you like, you are unhappy. Happiness is circumstantial, and happiness has something to do with your happenings. And if what is happening uh, meets your approval, then you're happy. Joy ain't like that. Joy is not circumstantial. Joy is an inner quality that is unrelated to the adversity of life. Joy is not Based on circumstantial blessings, in other words, you can be broke and still have joy. Amen. The, the world has sex. Christians have love. The world strives for security. Christians have trust. The world seeks self-gratification. Christians know peace. The world seeks happiness where the Christians counterpart have joy. When I first started preaching, if somebody didn't shake my hand, it would mess me up. Not now.
1: <laughs>
0: my joy ain't based on how you react to what I had to say. Say amen, somebody. My joy is in the Lord. My, my joy ain't based on... Listen, I feel a whole lot better when the offering is high and the attendance is high. But see, when you have, when you rejoice in the Lord, is not based on circumstance. It's based on your relationship with the Lord. See, 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 when you have this joy in the Lord... You can have joy just hearing the Word of God preach. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I ain't got to go to a concert. I don't have to hear Beyonce. I I don't have to go hear uh, a concert singer. Ain't nothing wrong with going to a movie. I ain't say anything wrong with that. But but see, when you really have joy in the Lord, you you can have joy just coming to church. Nehemiah 8. Uh, They stood when the word of God was read and, and, And they read in the book of the law distinctly And the people said, Amen, Amen You know why? They had joy Jesus told a parable in Luke 15 about the lost sheep, the lost corn, and the lost boy who came home. And what the moral of each of those parables, one of the morals is, is when the sheep was found, when the corn was found, when the son came home, they had joy. They rejoiced because something that was lost was found. You remember in Luke 10 when the disciples came back? bragging, we had power over the demons. The demons are subject us in, uh, in, in your name. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Notwithstanding, don't get happy because you have power over demons. What you ought to get happy about is that your name is written in heaven. See, when you have a positional relationship in the Lord, you ought to Rejoice. And then lastly, this disposition. A word of caution of impending danger. He uses that word safeguard. And then I'm going to leave this for Brother Rupert, but he says, beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. He's warning them about danger. That's on the horizon. I came to say this morning that this afternoon there are some security breaches that's affecting our salvation. I said security breaches. I mean, we're at a point, a dangerous shift in the church, and ain't nobody saying nothing. Ain't nobody saying that. or are, are we just playing with this? I mean, the church is changing. And we have another group like, like, like our Brother Red said earlier. Uh, the younger folk are not being taught by the older folk. We're calling ourselves by reg- religious tags that we said were wrong and now we're, we're using them ourselves. Somebody ought to say something. Our focus ought to be being in the Lord. security breaches as I close. There were some security breaches, security breaches that affected national security. Come on, Fifteen years ago, September 11th, our national security was breached. Yeah. April 4th, 1968, in Memphis, Tennessee, Martin Luther King, Jr. was assassinated. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 1962, November 22, John F. Kennedy was shot and assassinated. Uh-huh. December 7th, 1941, Japanese planes attacked Pearl Harbor, killing more than 2,300 Americans. President Roosevelt called it a date which will live in infamy.
1: Yeah.
0: That's national security, but I'm concerned about our eternal security. There's another date that lives in inf- infamy, and this date secured our salvation. And because of what happened on this date, we ought to talk about being adopted in the family of God. We ought to talk about being justified and sanctified and glorified a date that lived in infamy that secured our eternal salvation. It was on a faithful Friday on a scar-shaped hill. Somebody by the name of Jesus. Was propped low, dropped low, stretched wide, then propped up high. He stood between two feet. He hung there. He hung there. He hung there. He died on that cross. And because of that, our salvation has been secured. I don't know about you, but every now and then, I just get happy thinking about somebody saving me. As I go in my seat. Think about this. We talk about grace. But look at it like this. God knows everything about us. He knows our
1: secrets.
0: He knows the skeletons in our closet. He knows things that nobody else knows. And he still loves us. Blows my mind. That stuff I wish I could forget. God knows. Things I've said and things I've done and places I've been. God has all the evidence and still loves me. And some of y'all don't like me based on speculation. All right. We got two more to go. Our next speakers will be uh, all from uh, Ripley, Mississippi. Uh, and, uh, uh, the right last night was
1: probably-